welcome to Game Sense. I'm your host, Michael Alvaro. In today's episode, we're going to take a different look at the women's competitions across the nation, diving into greater analysis from each league. We'll discuss the differences between versatile AFLW draft prospects, Shanae Goody and Piper Window from the Central W. We'll look at the Northern Academy standouts in the Coates Talent League. We'll then explain why the long-term future of West Australian female footy is looking bright. And finally, we're going to highlight a handful of overage draft prospects ahead of next week's supplementary draft. As always, I'm joined by Rookie Me Central Chief Editor Peter Williams. Thanks for joining me, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. Uh, it's getting busier and busier each weekend, as you know, so really exciting to see the build-up. And of course, it's a little unusual to have a draft coming up uh, at this time of year, but it's exciting. Absolutely, it is. We're going to run through and crack straight into the Sample W results from round five. I'll read them out one by one for you. Um, Pete, West Adelaide 2820 lost to the Eagles 8957. A bit of a surprise there. Norwood 6541 defeated Sturt 4832. Central District 2315 went down to Glenelg 7547. And South Adelaide 6440 got up over North Adelaide 31129. What'd you make of all that? Yeah, there weren't too many surprises because there were so many 50-50 games. I, I think this was probably the tightest round uh, so far in terms of the balance. Each of the teams were relatively evenly matched. Uh, so the the difference really between the sides, obviously the Eagles sort of ran away with it and, and one of the players we'll obviously talk about, Sinead Goody, was dominant in that win. Uh, of course, that we saw Lauren Young play in that game too. So really high-quality game from a youth perspective, but... Uh, yeah, West Adelaide, the injuries are mounting up and unfortunately it's sort of just tipped over in that game. But full credit to the Eagles, played their best game of the season. Um, and then Glenelg, uh, they were absolutely superb in, in the other one worth really highlighting. Uh, and that was all thanks to the, I guess, one former State Academy member, but uh, another one that we're about to discuss, uh, where Matilda Schultz uh, kicked a couple of goals and then Piper Window finished off with a couple of goals. So uh, it was really impressive from them and, and got Glenelg over the line. Absolutely. Um, we'll get stuck straight into our first, I guess, conversation topic this week, which is the comparison between Shanae Goody and Piper Window. Obviously, they're quite highly touted prospects and we've discussed them plenty um, this year on the podcast. So as a starter, how do they sort of compare, Pete? What are their strengths and, and differences as draft prospects? Yeah, for me, I think it's really about what you're into uh, in terms of a club, whether you're looking for a more of a contested ball-winning a uh, player who can go forward and impact the scoreboard or whether you're looking for a player who is uh, absolute silk across the ground, so clean below uh, her knees, uh, quite good overhead for her size. She's only 162. This is Sinead Goody, of course. Um, but then you look at uh, window overhead and she's just incredible with her contested style. So for me, it's so difficult to kind of split these players simply because of, uh, I guess, their contrasting styles. Absolutely. I mean, if you have to rank them now, though, and, you know, you can put your neck on the line and and it's easy to sit on the fence and say it depends what you need and whatnot. But if you have a draft pick for your club, who are you taking first? Yeah, well, right now, based on uh, the form this season, I'd probably lean towards Piper Window, which is... Uh, quite difficult for me um, because, uh, like everyone knows, I enjoy watching Shanae Goody, the way she goes about it. And on the weekend, it was another sort of reminder from her that she can do things that no one else can in this draft crop. And I think that's the big difference. I, I think her size might 
hold some back versus what um, your Piper Windows and your Lauren Youngs to an extent can do. Um, but like in terms of her overall balance, I, I think the big difference is that for me, Sinead Goody doesn't really have a, a weakness as such. She's just um, really good across the board, across everything, and, and clearly far cleaner than basically anyone else in the draft. So, um, But Piper Window just... Aside from her kicking, which is clearly the the main improvement she's got to make, everything else just screams upside and she can almost be that anything. So I think Goody is kind of that player that um, I guess whatever the equivalent for the women's is of the 200-game player that we refer to in the men's, sort of maybe that 150-game player or hopefully they get a bit longer seasons coming up. But that, that kind of absolute guarantee player where Window is one of those players that literally could be anything um it's just about refining those sort of areas like her kicking because her uh you know endurance and speed brilliant um great overhead contested fantastic she's just one of those players i think that clubs will latch on to because she's going to have some incredible highlights but it's funny because her incredible highlights are completely different to goody's incredible highlights and i think that's what makes the draft so special so who are you taking i said window, window. Yeah, start, yeah, yeah 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 cool and just lastly on that in terms of, and this might be a factor, I guess that, that's a main talking point between the two is how they sort of translate their form to senior football. And that doesn't just mean at the state level because they're all already doing that, but against better, even more mature and perhaps physically, I guess, able athletic players at the AFLW level, um, that's probably the main thing that's holding window over Goody, you'd say? Yeah, I think her strength, she's harder to sort of tag um, because she's just incredible at the contest like we saw uh, Jess Edwards who's clearly no slouch she's played AFLW level tried to go on her at the stoppages and window had the smarts to rather than just try and run through her take a step back so that Edwards couldn't do anything unless she literally grabbed her jumper and she just ran past her and as soon as she took those first few steps there was no chance you couldn't stop her so and then the advantage with her is of course if she doesn't um get you at the stoppages she's going to go forward and then give headaches to the opposition defense so that's the other thing that she can do where goody is the player that you almost want window to give it to because she's got that final touch of that silk and that um ridiculous ability to just pick it off the deck um one touch at speed um can swing around right left doesn't matter she's just such a smooth mover and and again like i said before she's got those highlights that are just different like those play that kind of um really incredible um skill uh yeah she's probably the best user in the draft in terms of overall um her vision her decision making everything from a football perspective is absolutely outstanding and and yeah she's got nothing wrong with her her game really she's she's just that little bit shorter and and probably not going to be that contested mid but she can play inside mid as that second uh receiver as such where piper window is that first possession winner winner where Goody is that second possession winner. Yep, uh, it's a, a few good points there and um, plenty of analysis to come between two very classy players. It's like splitting hairs really, trying to, I guess, uh, put one ahead of the other. We're going to move on though to the, excuse me, the Coats Talent League. Round two results, of course, in the girls' competition there. I'll run through them quickly. The GWV Rebels 7-8-50 defeated the Bendigo Pioneers 3-3-21. It was a good weekend to be a Northern Academy from New South Wales. The Sydney Swans 11-14-80 down the Murray Bush Rangers 1-2-8. And the GWS Giants Academy 6-11-47 defeated Gippsland 0-2. 
the Geelong Falcons were also a loser out of round two, six, seven, 43, going down to the Dandenong Stingrays, eight, five, 53. A lot of tongue twisters in there, I guess. Um, I'm happy I got that out. So what do you make of all the results? Yeah, I think they largely went as we expected, uh, even though now the teams are kind of all on 1-1, or if you're the Swans, you're obviously up to 2-zip, uh, and Tasmania, of course, had the buy after winning round one, but it shows how even the competition is. Uh, the teams, A lot of the teams that won in round one uh, lost in round two and vice versa, so um, I think they're already establishing some of the teams that are perhaps going to be down the lower end of the ladder, as well as those that are going to be pretty competitive at the top end, so... Uh, I, I know that uh, the what we're discussing today in terms of the Northern Academy, they've, they've been really impressive, particularly the Swans, obviously, having the big win uh, on the weekend over Murray uh, after backing up from the really upset victory over Dandenong, showing just how much um, they can compete now with the Victorians. So really excited to see them, and it's great news for the, uh, I guess, that region for those two teams in the AFLW. All right, and... Obviously, you touch on the, the Swans Academy there being undefeated at 2-0 um, and atop the ladder. There's some really impressive prospects from both Northern Academies that were out there on the weekend. And I want to touch on a few, Pete. You can probably start with the AFLW Academy members amongst them. Of course, Olivia Morris, Marty Robinson from the Swans and Mel Staunton from the Giants. How'd they go? Yeah, so obviously Olivia Morris across the two weeks has been one of the most consistent Swans. She won our Player of the Week and... Um, I, I know I'll let you sort of touch on it, seeing you sort of this week. I saw her last week. Um, she's she's just that ball winner, really. She's able to find the ball again to the right spots, and um, she just works hard, really. She's that consistent uh, midfielder. She captained the team. She's um, just really great around the ground. She's still got areas to work on, like every player, but um, for me, she's probably the most consistent of the three. Um, whereas if we look at Mel Staunton for a moment, she's probably the one with the greatest upside of the three. Um, again, she's not uh, the full package just yet, but being able to play that mid-forward role with great power and uh, can hit the scoreboard, I think that's something what a lot of clubs really like. So it's it's good for her. And of course, she's probably come from the furthest back in terms of the others have been familiar with the Swans Academy where Staunton obviously was a late coming to the Giants Academy and then into the AFLW Academy. So she's another one um, that will have to be one to watch. Uh, where Robinson, obviously, um, again, another Academy member, uh, has played off halfback. Uh, when she's got that time and space, she's... Uh, pretty effective it's just about uh, getting used to the level as she goes up uh, but of course you, you saw these girls on the weekend so what did you make of their performances yeah of course well just on on Robinson because I probably won't talk too much about her given she had a, a head knock um, I think in the third quarter she didn't play um, sat out the rest of the game so a bit of a quieter day from her but Morris obviously was our player of the week with 34 touches super impressive um, I think it's just her work rate and, and I was lucky enough to sit right next to the Swans box um, and, and hear all the coaches talking uh, through the game. And um, they were really impressed with, with Morris's ability to work from contest to contest. I think that's her strength. And um, I guess the, the size of midfielder she is at about 167 centimetres. She could probably be a bit cleaner at ground level. Um, she is a bit scrappy even with her disposal. But once she polishes all of that up, the running capacity and athleticism, as we know, is such a big factor in um, in women's footy and Mel Staunton's got a bit of that as as Pete mentioned there that that power um, it's pretty rare and, and she's just a, a really good contested ball winner that's that's her strength she's really I guess got a, a bit of a mean streak and, and loves to get stuck in to tackle and then burst away um, she 
as it sort of stands, gets caught a little bit um, when she's fending off and, and whatnot. But she can, I guess, put together some really exciting plays. So I'm looking forward to seeing how she progresses. Um, we'll touch on a couple of surprise packets as well, Pete. Were there any others who sort of popped out from either academy? Yeah, so I've picked out a couple and one that I saw last week, Kendra Blackman, uh, obviously through the Swans, can play ruck or forward. She's someone who um, has shown she can hit the scoreboard and I think that's really important, uh, not having just the one role. Uh, so then that way, if, if selected at AFLW level, she's able to um, switch between. It, it's always so tough to try and pick rucks. We've seen a lot of quality rucks come through the pathways that just haven't had the crack at, at, at AFLW level because they've already got that experienced ruck that might be playing for a club. Uh, and then you've got to work your way through the team. And, and some of them take two or three years to try and crack in. And um, it just seems like such a long time for those players. So to be able to play forward as well, which is potentially where she might end up playing uh, if she gets to the top level, that's something that's really important. And uh, I think that's really impressive where um, the other player, Cleo Butterfin, uh, I know she's been playing in defence and you've seen both her games. So how have you sort of uh, rated her game? Yeah, really highly, to be honest. And I think they're pretty much her first two organised football game so she comes from a touch rugby or touch football background and um you know was scouted out by the giants and i think her dad um was also a pretty handy rugby player so she's got that real athleticism she's about 174 centimeters and can play as that tall but um covers the ground so well like the way she is so clean at ground level picks up the ball and then she's off she's got just incredible acceleration um, and, and gets away from opponents in a flash. So she's a really, really exciting prospect, obviously a bit raw in terms of her skill and decision-making, but I think she showed pretty sound instincts, um, both defensively to intercept and then attacking as well. Um, so I'm really excited to see how she progresses. I think she's going to miss round three due to national touch football commitments. Um, she plays in the mixed competition and apparently burns away from the boys pretty quickly. So um, if that's any indication of her athleticism and talent, um, there you go. Um, another one, of course, from Sydney um, that I know you've seen, Pete, is Ella Parker. She kicked three goals uh, in round one. Mm. Um, didn't kick a goal in round two, but she's pretty impressive as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's one who caught the eye uh, in, as, a, as you said, round one a couple of weeks back. And um, she's someone who's pretty eye-catching, obviously has a green helmet um, running on the wing. She was really impressive for mine. She uh, hit, hit the scoreboard, as you said, with three goals. But I think just the run and um, drive that she creates on that outside. I know I was sitting there with... Uh, fellow uh i guess rookie me central rider declan reeven he was ultra uh, impressed as well she got our sort of best on for that game um i just think she provides a lot of speed in transition which again is something you need and she generally did pretty well with disposing an inside 50 and um setting up her teammates so i think for what you need in the modern game um that's definitely something that's really important you've touched on the athleticism which she has and clear the work rate she did it across three quarters and for a wing to get forward and kick three goals uh regardless of whether you're resting there or not that's a huge win um for any team because you want your midfielders kicking goals and providing support for your forwards so um she's got that uh obviously there's still a long way to go but yeah she's got some exciting traits good stuff really exciting uh prospects out of the Northern Academies and perhaps a couple poached from other sports, which is always a win for footy. Um, we're going to move out west, though, to the Waffle W and the round three results. I run through, through them pretty quickly. Subiaco, 4-4-28, lost to East Fremantle, 5-4-34. 
South Fremantle 61349 downed West Perth 3321. East Perth 1511 lost to Peel Thunder 5636. And Swan Districts 2416 lost to Claremont 51040. What do you make of those results, Pete? Yeah, I think largely, again, it sort of went to plan as uh, they're probably the four teams that I picked uh, going into the week. A few of the games were a bit closer than I thought. It was it was a bit of a scrappy round, in fairness. It wasn't the same quality of the previous rounds. Uh, Perth was hit by a bit of rain, though. There were a few games that were a bit wet and uh, overcast and a bit yuck, to be honest. But So that made footy a bit more difficult, and you can see from a few of the teams uh, in terms of their accuracy, particularly South Fremantle and Claremont, uh, again, sort of just kicking for goal. It, it made it a little bit tough, but um, it also made it a lot closer for the teams like your East Perth, your West Perth, your Swan Districts, who were down those um, sort of three bottom spots. Uh, but it, it did also justify the fact that Subiaco is uh, among the better teams or improving teams this season, taking it up to East Fremantle. So, um, yeah, if it continues the way it does, it looks like it's uh, pretty promising. But, of course, uh, in that game, you, you've got quite a few of the future kids that we're about to talk about because uh, clearly... Um, the next crop have come through and it's a pretty exciting time. It's an odd one because there's a few happenings, I guess, in the state squad, at least at the under-18s level, um, that perhaps don't really bode well for how they're going to go at this year's championships. But we know that in the 06 and 07 crops, the bottom age and the under-16s, there's some really good talent. So why don't you run through maybe a few of the bottom ages, the 2006-born players that have really caught your eye so far? Yeah, so I think the standout at this stage, and I don't think too many would disagree, is Zippy Fish out of East Fremantle. She's a wing who's become a halfback this year. She was initially a small forward at under-16s level uh, and then worked into the midfield playing off a wing, uh, and now she's halfback this year. She's just got that um, outstanding skill. She takes the game on. She runs. She um, just creates everything from that half back and looks a class above when she's got the ball in hand. And so much so in, in round two, West Perth chose to tag her over um, quite a number of midfielders that are, have already uh, tested themselves at AFLW level. So um, like, for example, East Fremantle had Gabby O'Sullivan in, in the side and, and they still opted to try and uh, tag Zippy Fish, which shows the importance of her um, role in in the team and driving it forward. So she's definitely one of the ones I think you've got to respect and is probably the, the top one at this stage. You've got a few others. Um, Noah McNaughton, who's a, a small forward. She's only about 160 or just under. So she's quite small, but she's got that um, elite goal sense, really. She's just so clever inside 50. You give her an inch, she'll just uh, really burn you off, um, hurt you massively. Very similar to Alicia Pisano in the Coates Talent League. So that's that gives you a bit of a comparison, but she's even a few centimetres shorter than her. But she's very, very incredible around goals. Molly O'Hare is the one that I, I really like as a player. She's 176 centimetres. She moves like the wind. She's just got that potential. She's not there yet. She's very raw, but she does things that few players of her size can do. She's got that outstanding burst. She can kick 45, 50 metres without any issues. Um, unfortunately, she copped a bit of a, a knock uh, in the third quarter on the weekend, so she uh, will wait and see whether she misses any games. But she's just got so much potential and she's one that I'm really excited about and the other one I thought I'd raise is Megan Norbury out of West Perth um, 
she's really good uh, in terms of her run and, and carry and she's got skill and good decision making. Uh, it's, it's just a case of building her overall game and, and giving her a bit of confidence uh, to be a bit more consistent across the board. But she's certainly got that talent and is another one that within that West Australian crop is one to watch for next year. All right, quite comprehensive there on the 06 talents. We know that there's plenty of note. Um, we'll move on to the 07s as well. We know that you know there's been a few stars, the likes of Ala Roberts, come through as 15, 16-year-olds at senior level in the state leagues. And there's a few more coming through, Pete, over in Western Australia this year. Yeah, um, there, there's quite a few. And a lot of them either play wing or off defence, really. Like we've seen, seen Juliet Kelly come in and play a few games for Claremont. But the few that have really starred evie couch is the top one i think from peel thunder just been absolutely brilliant coming out of defense um takes the game on intercept marks uh she she's just someone who's tall she's about that 176 178 kind of tall defender but you can see she's going to end up playing midfield at some stage but just her read on the ball going inside 50 uh it's just incredible for a player of her age and i know last year coach steve markham said he was wanting to play her in the league side, even with the incredible quality that Peel had. So uh, it really shows what a bright future she's got. Um, and, of course, she played with the medleys, so as international. Um, she's played as the medleys uh, before, so she's one that um, will come through that pathway as well as the WA one. So really exciting for her. And, and similar player to her is Olivia Crane, um, who's been incredible for Subiaco. Like she, uh, her round two performance in particular was just ridiculous the way she was able to sort of intercept mark drive it forward uh, and she's done it all year uh, in terms of her um, outstanding sort of uh, marking but also that left foot that she can really do a lot of damage she's just got to uh, maybe improve on benefiting her left side a bit more because she tends to go to the right and then has to straighten up but when she can get on that left she's really potent um and the other one uh, is Kerry's uh, Diodero. Hopefully I've pronounced that right. That's how they did it on commentary. Um, but Swan Districts, uh, she's a winger, a halfback. Um, just a tall prospect again, above 170. She moves well. She's got a long kick, a little more raw than the other two. So she's not quite all done yet. She's kind of um, still building her game. So uh, just that execution and polish a little bit more. But She's tall, she's strong, um, she moves well. So she's got those traits that when you're looking at a player that's 15, you don't need them to be ready-made. Like not everyone's an Ella Roberts. So um, you just look for those kind of indicators and those traits and she's got that. So um, exciting to see what she can build over the next few years. Absolutely. The future is bright out west. We're going to move back home, at least for us, into the VFLW for the round one results. The season, of course, kicked off over the weekend. Carlton, 6-8-44, got up in the season opener against Port Melbourne, 2-8-20. The Darabin Falcons, 2-1-13, lost out to the Southern Saints, 6-10-46. Geelong, 3-2-20, lost to North Melbourne, 4-5-29. Collingwood, 3-10-28, defeated Williamstown, 2-1-13. There was a draw when Essendon, 4-3-27, drew level with Box Hill, 3-9-27. And in the final game, the Western Bulldogs, 4-4-28, lost to KC, 5-12-42. Any surprises there? Uh, no, but Essendon still kept um, undefeated. Of course, they went undefeated last year. They did have mm -hmm. a draw, and they've had another draw now. So they're still undefeated since 2021, which is a nice um, thing to notice. But I've also, sort of just looking at those results, the um, teams that were down the bottom last year, or the lower teams, have 
kept it pretty competitive because you look at Darabin, uh, I mean, sure, it was a five-goal loss, but that's a lot different from, say, a 60 or an 80-point loss um, for some teams last year. Williamstown kept close to Collingwood, though, in accuracy, obviously, for the Pies. And the Bulldogs are probably the big story, um, getting within that 14 points. I know they've recruited really well, got quite a bit of uh, coaches out of the talent league that have gone over there. So um, really good to see them competitive. But it's just good to see those bottom teams uh, really competitive with the, uh, I guess, finalists last year. Yeah, and Carlton, of course, getting a really nice win off the bat, which is great to see. Um, We'll, I guess, segue into our next segment, which is taking a look at some of the overage draft prospects and starting in the VFL or the VFLW, Pete, um, who are a few of the names to maybe keep an eye on heading into that supplementary period? Yeah, I've picked a bit of a range. I've picked three players. Uh, Obviously, there's tons of them that you could select but uh Jess Bates out of Collingwood VFLW there's a reason she's come there like she obviously she won the league best and fairest in the sample W she's a ball winner she's ready made uh if there's a player in the country you can say yeah she's going to be able to cope at AFLW level uh it's going to be her she's probably the highest accoladed player um not on a list at the moment that hasn't previously been on a list. So I think she's the one to keep an eye on. Um, And it was interesting talking to Glenelg coach Lexi Edwards at the start of the year. Um, She said, yeah, we're going to miss Jess, but we know the reason um, she's gone across there, which is very interesting. Um, So I, I, the kind of hints to hopefully um, that a club might pick her up and the fact she's gone to Collingwood, obviously close link with Steve Simons there. So she's one to keep an eye on. I think uh, Jemima Wrigley from an overage perspective, she's out at the Southern Saints, of course, down from Southern Power. She's a New South Wales ACT player. Um, she's captain up there and she was someone who came through the pathways uh, many years ago, but um, he's still only to that 21, 22. So she's quite young, um, but she's, really developed some of her traits she's a bit more potent with her kicking she's uh explosive she's got that contested ball winning ability she i think had 19 touches on the weekend so she showed that even though she's sort of not hidden away but she's been playing afl um sydney so not always uh gets the same coverage that others do um she showed she can um translate her form into the, the southern saints and uh, the other one just to highlight is Octavia Di Donato, who was sort of the highest one on my power rankings last year that didn't make it through. Um, and I think that she'd have to come into consideration. Uh, she's just a good all-rounder with everything. So I think as a 19-year-old, she's got a lot of time left and it'll be interesting to see if someone gives her a chance. I'll tag on another one for you. Lulu Beattie from the Northern Knights and Carlton VFLW, one to watch. That'll segue nicely given she's tied to both into the Coates Talent League. Prospects will stay in Victoria and with Tasmania too. Um, reel off a few names there. Who do you think are those sort of 19-year-olds who are pressing for selection after being overlooked? Yeah, well, it was interesting. I mean, do we read much into Geelong getting pick one off Sydney? That's the big key. Because to me, I wonder if that was sort of deliberate. Obviously, Sydney can only give up what picks they've got. But I wonder if Geelong had a player in mind that they really wanted to get ahead of everyone else. And I just have a feeling it might be Grace Purcell. Um, Perhaps the most talented in terms of upside that's on the board that didn't get drafted last year. Obviously, did her ACL, hasn't featured yet in the talent league for that reason. Um, But she's a player that I think they would have to look at. Um, And then I think that uh, from Geelong as well, you've also got your Annalie McKee who had interest last year. She's someone there. And of course, Charlotte Simpson who has that father-daughter connection with Geelong. So uh, I think there are a couple of names in terms of the Geelong contingent who, uh, if they choose to go local, because we know they they do love to do that, um, that there are a few to keep an eye on. 
Absolutely, they are. Any more? Uh, and across the board, you've uh, got the likes of Grace Hay, who's now keen to focus on footy. Didn't nominate for the draft last year. Had a lot going on. Uh, obviously, school. She plays VNL netball there for Northeast Blaze. Um, so she's a uh, defender, rebounding type. She's just consistent, um, able to plug and play in there, no worries. Danny Nong have a ton of overages. I know Abby Tregellis played really well in round one, and you've still got uh, Flick Crank and... Uh, Liv Robinson, who are um, either Vic Country representatives at 18, 16s level or um, just had really consistent seasons last year. And then you've got Molly Walton uh, out of GWV, who, again, is just an all-rounder, can play just about anywhere and um, just a solid overall player. Uh, and Candice Belbin's another similar type like that, uh, pretty hard at it, can play halfback or inside mid. Uh, you've seen quite a few Tasmanians go up uh, as overages. Uh, we saw last year there were a few. So um, she might get a chance and uh, is probably the top one from the Apple Isle in terms of the uh, overages. Awesome. Well, we know that Jess Bates, of course, is not in South Australia anymore, but there's still a few mature age prospects in the Sample W that are perhaps vying for spots at either Adelaide or Port Adelaide, maybe even around the country. So who are they? Yeah, for me, I mean, I'll touch on the three that have already been cited at AFLW level. You've got Caitlin Pope. She's far too good for state level, to be honest. She's probably the, if you're going on pure quality, she's probably the one to go for. Speedy winger, played at West Coast. Tessa DeManis got delisted by Port, um, but has been, hasn't put a foot wrong for Sturt. Um, this season, been a really dynamic goal kicker, so she can play a role if need be. Um, Georgia Bevan, just an all-round player. She's uh, been a bit of everywhere, really. She's played... Um, in South Australia, Queensland and Victoria, of course, Gold Coast, um, Adelaide played in the premiership there and um, even over at Hawthorne uh, for the VFLW team. Uh, so she's got those links, but um, she's one who, she's 29 now, so she's getting towards that uh, older end of the scale, but she's she's just a ready-made talent for perhaps an expansion club. Um, Eilish Ross is another one, obviously Richmond Collingwood, again, too good for state level. She's just clean, skillful. Uh, injuries got the better of her at the top level, but um, if she wants to play, she's someone to keep an eye on. And then if you look across the board at potential first comers, we'll look at um, Norwood. They've got a couple that have stepped up. Georgie Jakes um, played for Allies last year, New South Wales ACT. Uh, really good as a ruck. I feel like she's that fourth midfielder, even though she's a bigger body. Um, played a fair bit of forward last year where wasn't as able to impact it, um, where she's still hitting the scoreboard as a ruck. Uh, this year so she's been really impressive at that state league level she's ready to go if someone picks her uh, Lana Schwert um, was the other one with um, Octavia Di Donato who just missed out uh, from my power ranking so in that top 40 but um, she's another one uh, that probably clubs will keep an eye on uh, and then you've got Senna Goulden who's sort of a bit of a roughie there and uh, if the surname sounds familiar uh, it's Errol's sister so um, very different although they they attack the ball pretty hard she's more of a uh, ultra-contested ball winner, uh, clearance player. Not quite as uh, skillful, silky as Errol, but um, she certainly is a huge ball winner and uh, had a really consistent season. Absolutely. We're going to move west as well to just round out the prospects to watch for this overage draft. Who are some of the players out of the Waffle W who might get a look in? Yeah, I feel like the Waffle W provides the most uh, bit of out-there prospects in terms of uh, who might go up. You never quite know. Uh, obviously, Demanis I touched on, who went over to Sample, she's also um, 
out of Subiaco originally, but uh, in terms of Subiaco, you've got Tanika Golisano, who's uh, captain there. She's always thereabouts, uh, probably the, the most consistent player over the last five years. Um, you've got Joanne Craig, who's the one I'm keeping close eye on. She's 29, but she's an Irish woman that's come uh, overseas. We got outstanding athletic traits and she's averaging around 20 touches or thereabouts a game from her first three games playing at the top um, state level uh, in WA. So that's uh, pretty impressive, probably worth watching her. Matilda Dyke's probably the one to really keep an eye on. She's probably the standout ruck across the board. Um, Similar to Jake, she's come through the pathway in past years, um, but she's a bit more athletic, um, has played as a key defender previously, but they've got her in the ruck at Claremont and um, really thriving there. She's um, a, a workhorse, really, just covers the ground so well. She's someone I think will be um, picked up, particularly uh, if a club needs a ruck. Um, Talia Mulder's one who I'm, I'm sort of keeping under the hat because I think she's um, she's come from that sort of local amateur league. She's decided to step up to the top level this year. It's been a good uh, find from South Fremantle. She's just been outstanding. Got that burst, not completely perfect, but she's able to burst away from the clearances, dominated against West Perth in that regard and, and just gets inside 50 so consistently. And if we look at some of the others, there's Jess Cox out of Swan Districts. Um, she's someone who's had a good career to date. Great kick, has played a lot of midfield, but can play forward, tough as nails. Uh, and then Ash Gomes out of West Coast and Jay Flynn, who stepped up to play a game last year as well. Um, as a train on uh, for Fremantle. So there are a few that are around the mark, but I think it's going to be a, a really tough draft to try and predict. Plenty of prospects to watch. Make sure you're writing all of those names down ahead of the AFLW supplementary draft. Of course, Rookie Me Central will be your one-stop shop for that. And of course, we'll have all of our regular previews, reviews and scouting notes on Rookie Me Central throughout the year. The seasons are all up and running, so it's pretty exciting. You must be thrilled, Pete. Thanks for joining me on GameSense once again. Yeah, um, really looking forward to another draft, even though it's pretty busy and hectic and it isn't quite the full draft, but should be an exciting time. And, of course, the footy all coming back. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great time. Agreed. That's all we have time for on the latest episode of GameSense. Make sure you subscribe to us on all your favourite podcasting platforms for the latest episodes and follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you tune in next week.